Good evening and welcome to JazzNet Podcast, uh, Sunday the 24th of September 2023. This is episode 287. I'm John McCallum, I'm your host tonight. Um, and uh, a couple of things to run through before I introduce my guests. Um, JazzNet, of course, is the independent Rangers podcast made for fans by fans and the content is largely free. Um, we've got the forum as well, we have articles, the social media, um, there's a history archive, it's well worth a visit. Um, as well as obviously the postcard, uh, po- the podcast even. And that's probably a postcode too. I'm sure we've got one of them. Um, look, uh, you know, the best way of getting the pod, make sure you don't miss is to subscribe. Um, and if you, if you enjoy what you hear, please obviously share us on social media as well. Again, before I go to my guests, let me just mention uh, the people who, who help us make this possible. Uh, Forest Precision Engineering, and um, you've probably heard their name. They're, they're around Ibrox, um, and they're big supporters of the GRSnet podcast as well. Uh, they're a subcontract um, Glasgow-based engineering company, um, and um, they've been backing our pod for a little while. You can find out more about them at forestprecisioneng.com. Um, they also are involved with the Executive Lounge at Ibrox. Um, uh, it's a stunning hospitality area in the main stand. Uh, and it is available to book if you are interested uh, in going to see that. Um, and then you want to find out more about that, it's hospitality at rangers.co.uk. Okay, um, let's introduce our guests tonight. People have given up their Sunday night to come along and talk to us. Um, so I've got Chris Jack and I've got Rob Fawcett with me tonight. Um, Chris, it's a September weekend in Glasgow. Um, you know, all the good podcasters are away for the weekend. Uh, they're enjoying the, 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 the flesh pots of Monaco or, or Millport or one of the two. Um, you've given up a night of hedonism to, to be here with us. Uh, so thanks for that. Um, what's the matter? Why are you not away? Why are you still here with us, Chris? Uh, some of us were working today, unfortunately, uh, <laughs> and given how the 90 minutes unfolded, it was definitely an unfortunately, uh, not a uh, not a classic uh, day at the not a classic day at the office, unfortunately. No, no. Rangers Motherwell really is a classic. Let's be honest here. Um, it's really a classic, and, and today was definitely one of the genre. Um, now, Rob, this is the second time you've been on with me, uh, and this is only the second time I've been on this season, so um, you, we've got a 100% record with me now. Um, so, uh, yeah, I have my sympathies. Um, this is the, the Jesnet equivalent of Murder Hill, um, which is a, is a, a, a wee reference for the, the TikTok generation there. Um, you get to do two or three of these with me, and then and then they let you go on with somebody good. Um, so it's good to have you back. Uh, I don't imagine you enjoyed today any more than the rest of us. Um, but uh, have you had a holiday weekend? You, have you got tomorrow off, or are you back at the grind? No, back back at the grind. I'm actually just back um, from holiday, so it was uh, landed on Thursday straight to the game, um, and then was looking forward to today. Um, until the game actually kicked off. So, yeah, I've, I've had my holiday, unfortunately, so back to work tomorrow. Back to work tomorrow, right. Well, me too, so that's not so bad. Chris, you get tomorrow off? Are you going to be today, or are you back at it tomorrow as well? Back in, back in uh, first thing tomorrow morning as well. Um, yeah. as up, at, up at the training ground tomorrow for a preview of the SPFL Trust Trophy game. Uh, David McCallum speaking tomorrow afternoon, and one of the under-20s players as well. So up at the training ground Monday, training ground Tuesday, Ibrox Wednesday. Back to the training ground on Friday, and then we'll see what we'll see what Saturday brings as well. Let's see what we get next weekend. Yeah, that's a wonderful example of the Protestant work ethic. The three of us. I like that. On holiday weekend, we're all want tomorrow. Anyway, let's talk about the game. Um, Chris, I'm going to start with you. Okay, sixty-two um, percent possession, seventeen shots. Um, Rangers had seven on target compared to Motherwell, who only had four. Another clean sheet. 
That's um, three points against an in-form Motherwell team. Um, and, you know, as often happens after a European match on the Thursday, maybe, you know, there's always a bit of a hangover, uh, I think, of that. Um, so, you know, uh, against that, it's a great result today, wasn't it? It's three, three wins in a week. It's, uh, it's three clean sheets. Don't really see what everybody's unhappy about, um, <laughs> apart from... Apart from quite a lot, unfortunately. Um, yeah. Basically, everybody who watched it is unhappy. Um, <laughs> anybody who didn't watch it probably just saw the score and thought, oh, that's cracking. No, even, I think even the people that, um, that, that didn't watch it will be able to gauge from the reaction to it that it, it wasn't good. Um, it's not been good for for large spells of the, of the campaign for Rangers, unfortunately. Um, and today was, was right up there with the, with the worst of it. Um, very little... Um, style about them, very little energy about them, very little in terms of I think, a coherent um, game plan and, and style in terms of where the manager set them out and yes, it's a win against a, against a good Motherwell side it's, but that's, that's papering over quite a lot of, uh, quite a lot of cracks at, at present I think and I think the, the manager's uh, demeanour and his words um, post-match Certainly spoke volumes in terms of what he he thought of the of the ninety minutes and where uh, the other side are. It was it was clear uh, being in the press room there that he was he was not happy. Clear that he had clearly had some uh, some honest and, and stern words with the players post match as well. Um, and I thought it was the most the most kind of downbeat and the most down and most kind of scunnered that I've seen him for for quite some time. Even after other other kind of big defeats, other other costly defeats, there's always been. Some positives to take. There's always been a way of him trying to look forward and try to pick pick the aspects out of the game. When Jack Butland's one of your better players, when your holding midfielder is arguably your best player, and you're picking out some of the defenders as some of your better players, it doesn't really say very much in terms of your side middle to front, and in terms of some of the money that you've spent on these guys as well. So no, I thought it was a, I thought it was a poor day for Rangers all round, and uh, another another sore one for Michael Beale. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Bill gets criticised, I think, by by fans and um, people because the uh, how he appears in, in press conferences, how, how he speaks, how he, what he says. And I thought it was interesting um, that a number of the people who attended the, the press conference today all said what you just said there that that this, they saw a difference in him, they saw a difference in his demeanour and 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 how he spoke. And I'll, I'll deal with that maybe in a little more depth later. But I think that that's quite telling. Um, going back, Rob, to before the match um, and, and the starting 11 that came out, um, Scott Wright, um, for me, was, was a fairly big surprise um, to come into the starting lineup. Um, Dessers returning, perhaps not quite as big a surprise. I think we all know that Roof struggles to play two games a week. Um, and if you want to try and keep Roof for most of the season, then there's no point in asking him to play two, play two games a week because clearly his body can't take it. Um, so perhaps Dessa coming in not as big a surprise, but the two of them returning to the lineup, um, Lundstrom uh, and Sifuentes anchoring midfield, um, Lammers and Matondo to to create something. To uh, give us the creative spark. Um, I don't know what your phone was like, but but my phone pinged quite a bit before the match when that uh, team came out. There was a few people raising eyebrows and and surprised. Um, at the lineup uh, and some of the players in that team. What, what did you make of it yourself, Rob? What did you make of that starting eleven when you saw it? So I think initially surprised that to, to see Wright come back in um, out of nowhere, effectively into the starting lineup. Um, 
you know, I wasn't I wasn't too surprised to see the likes of Dessers come back into the starting uh, the, the starting lineup. Obviously, Lama's coming back in for Lawrence given given the injury. Um, once I actually sat and thought about it, I was expecting us to line up more of a more of a kind of four two three one. You know, with Wright and Matondo giving us a bit more of the width that seemed to work so well in the previous games. But it wasn't until the game actually started that I, I guess the surprise hit home again because it looked as if Wright was playing as an eight. And and that wasn't his position. I expected him to be to be wide with with Matondo and, and Lammers in behind Dessels, you know, supporting them. So I think from from my point of view, initially was quite was quite surprised. Um turned out that I was quite settled and happy with that because I thought Wright and Matondo were gonna give us that space on the wing or that at least an option to to go wide with a bit more pace. But once the game kicked off, it became clear that that wasn't the plan. And <laughs> And like everything else, I think that that really just uh, set the tone for everything going downhill from that point onwards. And, and do you think the wind was supposed to come from Barisic and, and Taff? Is, I mean, is that the thinking? Because for me, Matondo, you know, Matondo brings speed, and that's the, that's his greatest asset. Now, I think he has more to gain than that, but he brings speed. Um, so I suppose you you could argue, well, you can play that anywhere across the the, the front line. Um, I'm not sure anyone who's had to watch or endure Rangers Motherwell games over the years. You know, everyone knows how Motherwell will defend at Ibrox. Um, but, but, but I think we had some limits on who we could choose up front. Um, but, but like you, I was surprised, also surprised that Matondo seemed to be on the right, um, where he's, he's, he's largely been on the left um, so far this season. I was a lot surprised to see him on the right. Um, I, I mean, it was a surprise. I was surprised at the team, and, and like you, I was surprised a little bit when I actually saw them line up as well. It wasn't how I expected to see them line up. Yeah, and I, th- I think you're right. You know, Bill um, alluded to that in the presser. You know, the reason that Seema wasn't playing was he's carrying the knock uh, along with along with Ruth, Ruth, and he and he kind of felt that they were more important for Wednesday night. Um, I think it was just I think it was just the application of where the players were that that really then that really then. Put questions in my mind, um, and and as the game grew, the frustration with that became more evident because there was space where you'd expect Wright to maybe drift in as as the game went on to provide us with a bit more width, because Tav and Tav and Bonner weren't 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 providing it, and and there was it was as if he was told you must stick in this position in this position only um, for large parts of the game, um, because it you know. It, he was he was ineffective for the most part, which was disappointing because I thought you know there might have been there might have been a, a chance for him to to showcase or at least get give Bill a bit of thinking around selection moving forward and maybe force his way back into the team. But yeah, didn't see didn't see much from him at all, unfortunately. No, no, we did not. Um, Chris, uh, we, we were talking about Matondo there. Obviously, um, his game came to a, a, an early end, um, and but from what we hear post-match, um, perhaps a more serious injury than, than it looked. Um, it lo- all looked fairly innocuous, but whenever you see a player go down without anybody near him, you're always slightly concerned. Um, add to that um, the fact he was going down holding his knee. Um, you know, you are nervous about that. Um, were you surprised when, um, not so much that he gets something off, but who got brought on for him? Um, you know, Rob touched upon Seema there and that perhaps Seema was carrying a knock, which is fair enough. Um, but, I mean, if he was on the bench, I was. I, we just all assumed Seema would come on. I, I think we just all thought, well, it'll be a straight swap. Seema will come on for, for Matondo. Um, to bring on Sewer, not only 
that you know was that an unusual change, but it obviously meant a complete change of of formation. What was the thinking there? Um, why do you think we did that at that point? I know the the three at the back something that I know the fans have spoke about quite a lot because the manager mentioned it um, a few times last season. I think it was actually against Motherwell last season that he tried it at uh, Fir Park, and it's always been one of these topics of conversation of now oh, this is the way to go. This will get the best out of X, Y, or Z. Why doesn't he try it? Um, uh, and a number of conversations with people saying this is going to be the way to go. Slightly surprised he decided to do it mid midway through a game because the team must have worked on all week or since since the other night must have worked on a plan. This is how we're going to go and beat Motherwell. This is the style. This is the kind of player in that formation that we believe can go and, can go and beat Motherwell. So like yourself, John, I just assumed it would be like for like. It would be same as it would get that get that call and the game plan would then continue we could then continue as on um, the manager said post-match he felt it gave the team a bit more of a base a bit more of a, of a foundation I think it probably did but you're playing against a Motherwell side who as impressive as they were thought they played well today they're never going to cause you wave after wave of problems until that last 10-15 minutes when it's more natural they're going to be pressing forward and they're going to try to rescue something from the game 40 minutes to 70 minutes that's not going to be the case and in, in that time frame the onus is on Rangers to go and try and get the second goal um, I don't think they looked more likely to get it when it was the uh, three at the back than it was uh, the usual uh, the usual setup so I was slightly surprised but I dare say when the manager then says post-match look we have to try and manage Seaman and Roof through this week and through this schedule I think that probably had quite a big bearing in his and he's thinking. Um, I'm assuming he thought, well, if we can go, can go to the three, it allows me to keep the, the forward options on the park. It allows me to keep the forward options on the bench. I'll back these guys to go and get the job done, and I won't have to call on Seema. Won't have to call on Roof later on in the game. Uh, ultimately, he did just to try and find that spark to get the second goal. Um, but I think his his feeling would have been if I can get get by with what's there, it's a job. It's a job done, and the plan of keeping these guys for a big game in, on Wednesday night, then still stand. Yeah. yeah I think, so, sorry, Rob. Sorry, John. I was just going to add, I think, I think the other thing as well is, is is if you looked at the bench today, that's the first time for a while I think that we've been light. You know, we, we, we obviously had Lovelace on the bench and, and Bailey Rice, who's, who's, who's well thought of within the club, and I don't think he, he, he would have turned to him in the situation he was in either uh, with with 10 or 15 minutes to go. Um, so I think I think that demonstrates how light we are just now from a from a quality standpoint with the number of players that that, that we do have out injured. Um, now people will point to that as an excuse, but it's just a fact, you know, ultimately we're missing, you know, a good five, five, six players to injury at the moment. So, you know, we didn't have the quality coming off the bench that that gave him um gave him many options. I was really surprised that the shooter was the substitute. Um and, and sometimes it felt like we're actually playing a back five instead of a back three, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, it, when you're 1-0 up at home against Motherwell, it did seem a surprising, you know, to, to, to change to a back three at that point. I'm sure there is I'm sure there is lots of logic in it. And I think what, what Chris has said there about Seema um, and, and the manager not wanting to risk him at that point of the game makes a lot of sense. Although it does still, you still find yourself asking, well, why do you bring him on with 15 minutes to go then? Um, but uh, yeah, I can, I can, I can get that, 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 that the thinking behind it. Um, I don't think Rice is an option at that point. Rice is 
as far as I can see about him, he's a, a you know he's very much a central midfielder, um, you know, a, a different type of player from Matondo. Um, and, and neither Sifuentes, from what I've seen of him, or Anselmo not La- at Lundstrom could step into the, um, you know, they're both more defensive type players as well. Um, but it did, it did change the balance of the team. And for all Tav and Barisic are probably better in the final third than they are in, 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 in our third, um, you know, they're, they're still, ultimately, they're still defenders. And, and, and as, as Chris said, it, it, the team must have been working on a, a shape. Um, they must have been working on a system, and, and to have changed that system so radically at that point in the game did surprise me as well. It did raise an eyebrow. Um, Rob, sticking with yourself, um, Dessos scored today, um, but I have to be honest to say it, it didn't impress me again. Um, he's still, you know, they're all still relatively new to the club. Um, and I think I said this the last time I was on. You know, I I remember Mark Hately joining Rangers, and I remember him not being great for the for the first couple of months as he tried to get uh, over injury and get fitness and things, and and and, um, and him taking some criticism. And, and in all honesty, some of that might have come from me. Um, so you know, I, I, we do need to be careful. But you know, having watched Essos now ten, eleven times this season, um, he's not quick. He doesn't. Seem to be able to hold the ball up particularly well. With you know, for a for a big strong guy, um, he doesn't seem to be able to hold the ball up particularly well. Um, and he's not great in the air. What are his strengths? I mean, what what is it that you? Th- I mean, we spent a fair bit of money on him. Um, you know, he's got a, a reasonable pedigree in terms of the clubs he's been at. What are his strengths? What have you seen in him, or what is it you think is there that's maybe just not quite come to the forefront yet there? Um, so I think up until the last the last couple of games that I've seen him, I think he was always the, the thing that I held him ahead from a positive standpoint was he was still getting in the right positions. He was still in and around the areas he needed to be to stick the ball in the back of the net. It just wasn't quite coming off for him. I do agree. I think the the thing that's really frustrating me at the now is 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 that you know he's not holding the ball up when it comes into him. Um, I think he, he's getting caught offside far too much at the moment. Um, and and that is that is taking pressure off the opposition because ultimately he's giving them back possession by by not reading the line correctly. Um, I always try to look for the positive in things, but it's difficult at the moment because you know today he got a goal, but in actual fact it was a deflection. You know, so you can't really give him credit for that. He, he he's he's kind of. He's kind of got in the way of Matondo shot, and <laughs> <laughs> and it's deflected in the back of the net. Um, I, I will say one thing is service into him wasn't actually good today either. You know, and again, that's that's a, you've got a part to play in that. You strikers feed off feed off what they're given, um, and there wasn't much behind them to be honest. And again, I think that's that that stems back to some of the comments that that Beal made in the presser um, around the lack of quality with the ball. Um, and, and, and I was giving it away far too much. One thing that I will say um, from from Lammers um, bit in the press conference, he made somebody to ask them a question around, you know, do the new players think they've now been given enough games to adapt to the new environment and, and new league, etc. And he unequivocally said yes. So I think the excuse of they're still new, they're still getting used to the speed of the game. Is is kind of needs to get put to one side now. These guys need to start performing. I think is the key thing because ultimately these have been Beal's picks, you know. And up until now they've had that 
we need to give them a, a, a few games to bed in. You know, they, they by their own volition now have said they've had enough time. So they need to step up to the mark. And and I think, you know, that includes Dessers and, and, and Lammers, etc. They've got to start giving us more from a from a performance standpoint. And, you know, I think I don't think Dessers is as slow as everybody makes out. I think, you know, it just depends on it just depends on where where he is, but we need to see something soon from him. Otherwise it's just going to be a waste of money. And then it's not really an upgrade on Tony Goals from last year. Um, and that's what a lot of people are comparing them to just now. So it's, you know, at the moment we look as if we've taken a step back with the reinforcements we brought in rather than, you know, that step forward that I think Bill was hoping we we're going to take with him. I mean, I think you could probably, you could maybe favourably compare them to Morelos last season when Morelos had basically downed his tools and, 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 and wasn't really interested anymore. Uh, but he's not a patch on Morelos in his prime. Um, you know, Morelos in his first two or three seasons with Rangers, you know, I'm sorry, an entirely different um, quality of player. Um, and, and Cholak, you know, Cholak had a lot missing from his game, but he could score goals. You know, if you created chances for him, he could score goals. You needed you needed the right players. You needed to be able to create the chance. You needed to be able to give him the ball in the right areas. He, he would then score goals. He'd normally do an awful lot else for you um, outside of that, but he will do that. Whereas, and it's not even just Dessers, frankly. It's all the, st- the strikers we've brought in. But Dessers, in particular today, I am um, still struggling to see what, what was it that the scouts, what was it that the manager saw um, I, I'd never heard of the guy before. Before we were linked with him, and, and so anyway, he wasn't a player I was familiar with. Um, so I had no opinion on him. But, but, but from what I've seen this season, I, I am scratching my head a little bit now. I'm still waiting to see. And it, it's an interesting point you made about him, you know, getting into the positions. It just, you know, wasn't necessarily happening for him, and that's probably fair. Um, that that is probably fair. Um, and there were moments today when he was running the channel and and, uh, and doing a bit of that, but I don't. I, I just think he's. It's interesting you say don't think he's as slow as that. I, I think he's. I mean, the old cliche is torn a caravan. I mean, he, he he does look slow. Maybe that's a, maybe just because he's got a kind of heavy build on him or, or something. But I just think he looks slow. I think that's why he's caught offside all the time because I think he's he's just going too soon. Um, I, I don't know. And, and, I worry about this. Yeah, and to, to come back on how you started the show around stats, I mean, I think that's that's what was thrown up when when we signed him initially. Was looking looking at the stats throughout his career. I don't think he's ever really been, you know, prolific apart oh. from maybe one or one season, um, and when he had a really good um, run in the Conference League, etc. So, you know, you could you could look at that across some of the new signings and say, well, from a stats point of view, you know, there's. That they're not going to be the players that we that we need to to go to the next level. It's all about how they're coached and how they how how they how they apply the game plan that the managers try to give them. And I think that's the frustration frustration for most of the fans at the moment is that we seem to be devoid of identity. And going back to that sub, you know, my immediate thought was, you know, this this could be that Bill just didn't know what what he was going to start with today, whether he was going to go with a four at the back or the three at the back. So that's why he's changed the mid game, but. You know, I think we because of the position we're in and the, the lack of decent performances, I think we're all probably getting a little bit too guilty of second guessing the manager and, yeah. and the management team at the moment. And and that's not doing them any favours either. No. But hey, that's what we're here for. Second guessing the manager. Um I, I, and you know, certainly in my 
um, my capacity, entirely uninformed opinion. Um, Chris, um, let me go back with yourself. Um, Lammers started today, um, and with the injuries that we've got and and were added to today, um, he looks like a player that we're going to rely on in the coming weeks. Um, he's kind of been in and out the side. Um, he kind of started the season, and then he's he's you know, I think it's fair to say he hasn't made a position his own yet. There's been flashes. Um, you know, he's clearly a guy who's got he's got a lovely first touch. You know, not necessarily something you would expect from a guy of his size. Um, I know it's a cliche, but but he has got a lovely first touch. You know, he, he does seem to be able to bring the ball down and move it around quite quickly. But I don't know. Often it just doesn't really come to anything. Um, I thought in flashes today. Um, he had moments today where he, he created something looked a bit dangerous. But we're clearly going to, to rely on him uh, in the coming weeks because we don't have any choice and we're running out of players. Um, what's your take on him? What, what's, what's your feeling on on Lammers? And, and do you think do you think he can come good? Do you think there's a, a, a guy there now that if he gets a run of games, he's the kind of guy that could come good for us? I think it just for me, it doesn't carry enough of a threat. As you say, John, I think some of the things, there's small small moments, there's a nice touch, there's a wee pass, there's a, there's a bit of vision. But these moments are few, few and far between, not just in games, no, but over the course of his over the course of his Rangers career. To me, he's, he's not produced anywhere near the level required often enough to think this is the guy that's going to be Rangers number 10, that's going to be that link, that's going to score goals, that's going to create goals. To me, he's, he's not he's not click enough. Uh, clinical enough, sorry. Um, I think he's only got one one goal against Libya at the start of the season. Um, it's, it's hard to see how he gets the run. Uh, if it hadn't been for the injuries, also to, to Lawrence, to uh, Todd Cantwell in particular, if those two guys had been fit, Lammers wouldn't have been in that team today. If those two guys had been fit, he wouldn't be in the team Wednesday or Saturday or next weekend in Cyprus because I think he's just too far down the back in order now obviously because of the situation he's going to be relied on as you say the manager's going to need to play him need to hope that he can play himself into into form but I just don't I just don't see it I know there's a lot of talk um, when Rangers signed him and we're looking at him in the summer in terms of his goal return um, and he said himself um, I spoke to him at the start of the season he knew that that wasn't good enough he knew that he had to score goals but he was confident that in a team that was going to create more chances, he could be able to score more goals. He doesn't look like creating those chances or being able to score them, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, he's meant to be the one that's creating the chances. Yeah. You're talking about time for guys to settle in and no excuses and that type of thing. They've been here long enough now. I think as soon as you get that international break, you should be fully aware of what the manager's looking for. You should know what the club's like. You should know what the fans are like. You should be settled into that, into that team, into that dressing room now. There's no excuses for any of these guys to say, "Well, I'm not quite, I'm not quite ready." Rangers paid a lot of money, especially for the front three. Um, they're here for a reason, and the manager has spoken about how long, how long he's been an admirer of Lammers. He's chased him for a long time. It's the first one that he went to, went to speak to over the um, over the closing weeks of last season to try and convince him to come to Rangers. The manager must have seen something in him. What that is right now, the fans just aren't seeing. Um, so whatever whatever Michael Beale thinks that Lammers can bring to the side, if he can't produce it over the next two, three, four weeks, when he's got that shot and got that role to himself, I don't see how he then gets the chance to produce it once you can't wells and 
uh, Lawrence and even even Kieran Dill. When, once these guys are fit, Flammers can't do it now. I don't think he gets the chance to do it in the second half of the season. He's, he's, he's got not a bad run coming. Um, you know, Livingston at home, Aberdeen, which is a game from a motivation perspective that should take care of itself. I know Aberdeen won today, but their form's been shocking this season. Um, and, and then it's uh, Limassol, is that right? Yeah, our, our next three games. Um, and Limassol, arguably the, the weakest tight side in um, in our Europa uh, group. So, uh, you know, in many ways, you know, it, it's good games for them. You know, it's a cup tie against Livingston. Um, they're out of form. Um, they're, yeah, they'll be physical and they'll be defensive and they'll be, um, you know, they'll try and stop his play. I get that. But, um, you know, it's it's not a bad game for them to, uh, to play in. Um, Aberdeen, Aberdeen, as I said, Aberdeen should take care of itself. Um, and, and then so, I mean, we'll learn a lot about him, I think, over these next three games. Because unlike Dessers, um, I can I can see there's something there with Lammers. You know, you can see there's ability there. You can see there's vision. As I said, it doesn't seem to come to anything just now, but you can see it's there. It's not, he's not showing it enough. Um, you know, he didn't deserve to keep his, his place in the team. Um, you know, I think, I think Lawrence... And the couple of cameos we've had from him has already shown more uh, creativity, and 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 um, I, I think he's got a more a more clinical edge to him as well than the Lammers seems to have. But but it's definitely there, and I think that's what frustrates me about Lammers just now is that that, that uh, you can see he has ability, and he I mean, obviously physically he brings something to the side as well. Um, but but it's not enough. Um, what we've seen just now isn't enough. It's simply not. Um, his link-up play is, is isn't great. Um, he doesn't seem to be able to create enough space for himself. Um, look, whilst we've been sitting here talking about a couple of summer signings who have so far not done what we need, um, and I think the jury's out on on most of our summer signings. Um, I think it's fair to say that that our goalkeeper has been an unqualified success um, so far, and I think today again he earned his he earned his money. Um, I'd even go further than that. Rob, and I'd even argue that actually our defence has been better this season. Um, that defensively, actually, we've been a bit stronger. And we get taken apart by Feyenoord, um, sorry, by PSV. But, um, but, but, but beyond that, actually, our defence hasn't been too bad. Um, Davies has come in and, and looked fairly good. Goldson has been solid. Um, I actually think Barisic has had a decent season. Um, you know, Barisic is one of these players who, who seems to go through spells when, um, when it, it just it just looks off it, it just looks like his confidence gone. But I think Barisic just started the season pretty well. Um, why is it that, that the defence seems to be seems to be doing better um, whilst the midfield and, and the attack are, are struggling? Um, is that a tactical thing? Is that because they kind of all know each other? Um, it's settled, um, and um, and or is it just simply a, is it just luck um, a good luck? Uh, if nothing else, because if they went as well, I think we would be in all sorts of trouble. I think it's a combination of things. I think it is probably because it seems like that's been the backline for the last ten years. Um, I think I won't go. I'm still, I'm still a bit unhappy with the way the defence is performing. I think they, they could be a little bit tighter. You know, there's a couple of really stupid instances today where we've got two guys competing for the the, the same ball, we yeah. clear, and they're not talking to each other. There was so many times during the game like that today where it could have went wrong, um, but I, I do agree with Butland. I think I think he's been I think he's been a cracking signing um, for a number one, especially to play somebody like McGregor. You know, I think he carries himself well. 
you can see that he he is becoming a leader in the team. Um, and, and I think that, you know, the fact that he likes to come off his line, um, you know, comes for crosses, had pulled out a couple of cracking saves again today to keep us, to keep us in the game at 1-0, you know, gives the, the players in front of them, but in front of them probably more confidence that, you know, they can they can probably step up a bit more, given that they, they know they've got a safe pair of hands behind them. Um, you know, I think Davis has come in for a bit of criticism um, and actually since he's come back into the team has played well. You know, I think him and Goldson look at a fairly a fairly solid partnership. Um, do you, you think, know, think do you think Davies and Goldson are more comfortable than uh, Suter than Gold and Goldson? Yeah, I, I think I, I love Big Suter, but I think he's got a mistake in him. Um, you know, I think sometimes he he definitely misjudges that the big gets caught under cross balls a bit too often. And we've seen that a couple of times this season where he's cost his goals. So, you know, I, I think Suter's a great a great third choice centre half. Um, you know, but I think we didn't know Davies come back to pre-season injured. You know, and again, that's something that's come out in press conferences the last couple of weeks. So he's obviously taken a little bit of time to to get fit again. And I think that regardless of whether we like it or not, you know, that's that's obviously going to be the back line until at least Christmas. So we're going to need to we're going to need to get used to. It. I, I still think Bournemouth could probably. You know, I think he was disappointing today, but again, you know, the majority of the team were. Um, and and that's the worry with having Bournemouth on the team. It'll be great. For five, six, seven games, but then equally he can go on a run where he's terrible for the next ten, um, and 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 that's that's the worry. Um, well, are you surprised he started with with um, Raskin having started last week, but not being in the European squad? And so you knew Barisic was going to start midweek. I was a little surprised that, that Raskin didn't come back in again. The Motherwell are a big team, um, you know that they are. There's a fair bit of height in, in Motherwell, yeah. um, and they maybe just felt that you know. I think I, yeah, if you. Yeah, they, they were targeting they were targeting Barisic a little bit uh, with with some of the long balls over, you know, mm-hmm. and he was having a he was having a, a a good fight. I think it was their right back that was ended up up, up there attacking. Um, so I think I think if Ridvan had come into that team today, then there probably would have been more trouble down that left hand side flank for us. Um, and and that's not to say I don't like Ridvan. I think I think he I think he looks a decent player going forward. The question mark is always over the defending side of it with our with our full backs at the moment, though, and and that's the one thing that I think that, that, that we need to work on with them a little bit better. I've got to say, I, I'm I, I've still not seen what people see in Redvan. Um, um, I don't know. My jury's very much still out on on, yeah. on Redvan. I think Borna looks better every time Redvan plays, but uh, I accept that not everybody shares that opinion. Um, Chris, uh, we've got a lot of injuries um, and. Last season, um, we took we had a lot of injuries in defence. Um, you know, I think this time last year we were without Goldson um, and we were without Davies. I think for a, a period of this time last year we were playing Sands and King um, as our first choice centre halves. Um, this season, our, our injury woes are, are in the middle to front. Um, we've got Cantwell out. We've got Danilo. We've got Raskin. We've got Dowell. Um, we've got Lawrence, and now it looks like Matondo as well. Now these guys are out for a, a, a differing amounts of time, but certainly they're out for for weeks. Um, it's been measured in weeks. Um, you know, you would say Raskin uh, and Cantwell are almost certainly um, starting eleven players. Um, these they are guys who 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 start. I would also say Danilo. Having seen Dessers play, um, I think Danilo is probably our first choice. Um, centre forward just now. Um, so I suspect if he hadn't got that injury, 
um, that he would probably have started midweek, um, and um, I would definitely start today. Uh, that's the kind of game you, you would bring him in. So, uh, you know, uh, Dowell, I only know one Norwich fan, and he told me beforehand, he said, Dowell's a great player, but he'll not stay fit, um, which does sound like the kind of player we would sign. Um, uh, and I appreciate that, you know, maybe that's the only reason you can get some of these players that, you know, that, that, that's the only way you can convince them to come to a league. Um, you have to perhaps take a chance. But um, I, that, that did stick in my head um, when I was told that, that, um, you know, his injury record is not great. Um, so, yeah, you think, yeah, okay, fair enough. And then Matondo today, uh, you know, you know, Matondo came in last um, last summer and, and, and you know, anytime I saw him last season, you, you were just, you looked like a prize winner. You're like, well, how did this guy get in the game here? Um, he just showed absolutely nothing. But to be fair to him, you know, this season we've seen a bit more. Um, you know, his pace is being used properly um, and his, his decision-making has been better. Um, and he's showing a bit more. So in actual fact, it's actually, um, it's a bit of a disappointment that um, he looks like he's going to be out for a little while now as well. And knee injuries always worry. Um, so... The coming weeks, um, I think we can expect more of the same. Or do you think Beal can can get a tune out of these players, the ones that are fit? Um, in some ways, uh, you know, his options are limited now, Chris, in terms of who he can pick. Um, pretty much know who he's going to pick. Um, does that make his job easier? Does that make it easier to motivate these players now, do you think? Or, or do you think it actually makes it harder than the way in for a, a tough couple of months ahead? Certainly, certainly makes it easier in terms of picking a side. I think there was a period at the start of the season where if you said the fans go and, go and pick a win to 11, it was very difficult to, to know what the manager was going to do um, just because he did have, certainly middle to front, there's a lot of options there. I think there was times he was trying to kind of tinker a wee bit and try and find the right uh, relationships between certain players. There's times he just had to give others uh, some game time. Those options over the last couple of weeks have steadily been whittled away. So losing Raskin, losing Cantwell are big blows. Dowell, we've yet to really see how good he is, how good he can be. So it's hard, hard to judge how big a, a bigger loss that is. Certainly Raskin and Cantwell are deleted. Uh, to Danilo, I think it's a really sore one um, because he does look like the best of the uh, the best of centre forwards. So it, it does leave it does leave the manager short and it does leave him in a position of if there's guys that do need they do need dropped, that do need a rest, like like so Roof and Sema as, as we've discussed, as every reason on, on form, Dessers perhaps doesn't deserve to keep his spot. Very few options now. Now if, if Roof's not able to, to churn out the games, you are gonna have to turn to Dessers. If Tom Warren's isn't, isn't available, Cantwell's not there, you are gonna have to turn to Sam Lammer. Um because the other options just aren't also just aren't there. Um it's it, it's amazing that we're now in a position where people are disappointed that Rabbi Matondo is facing a facing a period out because in, in the summer people were saying, no, wherever he wants to go, I'll drive him there. People just didn't see that he was a player at all. Um, I still think he's got a long way to go in terms of salvaging his, his Rangers career. Unfortunately, it sounds as if that's, that process is going to be halted because the, now the manager did say it looks like a bad one, looks like a sore one. Um, hopefully we'll find out uh, sooner rather than later, what the uh, time skills are on him, but again, it's just another another body down, so it leaves you with likes of Scott Wright having to come in. Well, it's the same Scott Wright who they're happy to get rid of to Turkey three three four weeks ago and had no place in the plans. He's now now starting games and will easily start a couple of games in the next few weeks. 
just because those bodies aren't there until after the after international break. So in, in one regard, it makes the manager's job easier. Uh, there's fewer players to disappoint. There's fewer decisions they have to make. There's fewer ways that you can think tinker with it. But uh, is that is that a case of how do you how do you manage a squad through this uh, through this schedule now? Are the, the Thursday, Sundays or, or the midweeks? I should be no surprise to anyone at Rangers have been through it often enough. Michael's been through it often enough. And he said himself he didn't want to get into using that as an excuse as much as Betis took out of everybody emotionally and uh, certainly physically in terms of effort that was put in. Now that that's just life at Rangers. You don't get to use European football as as an excuse these days. Um and there's no I said as I said earlier on, there's no excuses for new players, no excuses for the manager not knowing the league and not knowing what's coming up. These guys just have to go out, perform and get results. And if they don't, the criticism they're getting now and the pressure they're under is only going to go one way and it's only going to ramp up if things don't improve uh, sooner rather than later. It's, it's remarkable, Chris, that um, when you consider how many forward attacking players we brought into the club, that, that Zach Lovelace is is the next guy to come off the bench. Um, you know, and it does... Uh, I, <laughs> Somebody, um, somebody texted me today just about our injury list and says, you know, is, is there something going on in, in training? You know, is there an issue in training? And I think, well, I don't think, you know, what happened to Danilo? That's nothing to do with training. You know, it's just, it's just one of these things. Um, Lawrence is coming back from injury. Um, you know, guys who have been out for a long time often pick up strains and, and you know, they, they try and get themselves back to fitness. Cantwell took a knock in the, in the Celtic game. I can't actually remember what happened with Raskin. Um, I'm not entirely sure what was what, what, what happened with Raskin. Um, Dowell, I've not got a clue what happened with Dowell. Um, Matondo's, again, I'm not entirely sure what happened there. So I don't know. I don't think this is a training issue. I don't think this is um, players either not being fit or, or, or you know, pulling muscles and, and what have you because the, the training isn't right. I don't think it's that. I just think it's bad luck. Um, I, I do just think it, it's a bit of bad luck. Um, you know, I guess every manager goes through bad luck, um, but uh, it's not great. You know, you, do, <laughs> you need to go find some good luck quickly. You need to figure out how to change that. Um, Rob, we, we talked about this earlier, and and, um, and Chris was there, um, so so Chris will probably jump in on this um, post match. Michael Beale was as critical of the players as, as certainly I've heard him. I didn't actually hear that. The, the, I've just seen the reports on it. So, um, but he certainly seemed to be as critical as, as I've heard him since he joined uh, the club as manager. Um, was that for show? Sure? Do you think that was done to you know because he knew the support were unhappy and 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 the thing? Do you think that was done for show? Sure? Um, was that just to appease us, or is there issues in that dressing room? Are, are they not? listening to them? Are they not taking on board the instructions that they're working on through the week? Um, you know, they're not, because I mean, I just know as a, as a supporter, watching them just now, there's a lack of fluidity, we're disjointed, um, you know, I, 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 I don't know if you listen to, um, if you listen to, to Alex through the week, um, when he, he does some of his, his, his um, kind of post and pre um, match ones or anything, and he, and he, it was interesting. He was talking about um, some of the criticism 
that's been levelled at at Beale and, and what some of that criticism and I and I and I thought yeah, that's me. I, I, I've been saying that um, around the style of play. Um, I, I, I no recognisable style of play, um, and I still feel that. I mean, I know you. I know we're looking at just now and say, well, look, there's a back four. There's there's two sitting midfielders, and then you've got you know a kind of one guy up, and then the, and the rest are, are kind of around there, and sometimes they're wide, and sometimes they're narrow, and but uh, you know. Uh, with whatever faults Van Bronckhorst's team had, you knew how they were set up. You knew how they were going to play. Unfortunately, the opposition knew how they were going to play as well and and, and, and seemed to be able to deal with that um, a little bit too easily. Uh, you knew how they were going to play. I, I, I'm, I still kind of go into these games thinking, I'm not entirely sure how we're going to play it. I, I know it's not going to be well, but I'm not entirely sure what we're, is we're trying to do. I'm not entirely sure. It just kind of feels like we're hoping one of the players we'll do something really clever. You know, we're kind of hope, we're kind of relying on a bit of magic from somebody, which I don't know. I just think we should be beyond that just now. Um, I don't think this team is as good as as Gerrard's teams. I don't think our style of football, our way of keeping possession, uh, this is a team that give up possession very, very easily, far too easily. And, and against better teams, you'll get punished. Um, so, was that just for show today? Was that just a, a you know what? Give the guys, give give the journalists something to write about. Give the guys the podcast something to talk about. Bill's not happy either. He's furious. Um, or, or you know, do you think he was just saying that just to kind of keep us keep us all nodding along? Or do you think there's an issue in there? I don't know so much about an issue, but I think he genuinely looked frustrated when he came into the room, and 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 when he answered that first question, um, I think somebody asked him if he was happy with the last ten minutes. He's like, I wasn't happy for the first minute. Um, you know, so I think I think there is genuine frustration that either the players aren't when they step over that line putting the plan that they've worked on, you know, as they approach the game and the action, you know, and he, and he made the point about unforced errors and, and turning over possession far too easily. Um, you know, and, and, and he wasn't singling out any one point, he was kind of genuinely criticizing the, the, the whole team for that, apart from the three set and a half and maybe Lundstrom. Um, I think the interesting thing was the 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 comments that Kettlewell made during his co- press conference, talking about you know being very happy with Motherwell's performance. Obviously, the result was disappointing, but that's been that's been something that's been a work in progress since February with his squad, and all of those players have bought into that. And you can start to see the fruits of that labour now that they're starting to play well. You know, and you've got to remember that was a Motherwell team that hadn't been beaten away from home for a while. You know, was it eight months? I think was the start. I think, um, I, I think I, I, someone clarified it for me earlier. I think it's the first time they've lost away from home since Kettlewell took over. Yeah. So you know that, but that that's contrasting fortunes. I think between Motherwell and us, Motherwell players seem to have bought into what Kettlewell's trying to do. You don't get the same feeling at the moment with the players that are stepping across that white line um, with Beal, and and whether that is a whether that is pointing to issues inside the club with players not being clear about what the plan is. Um, I don't know, but ultimately, you know, I think I think sometimes we as fans can get caught up on identity and, and style. All we want to do is win games of football, but the performances need to be at a level that when your luck runs out, at least that you know you've got that performance level that you can that you can switch up. We don't seem to have that at the moment. Um and and I think that was another thing that, that Kettlewell had mentioned. You know, if you don't have the level of performance, then you're gonna you're gonna get found out at some point. And sadly, I think you know that 
that that's what's happening at, at Ibrox at the moment. You know, I think I was kind of in the camp of it's only pre-season. We'll we'll worry about it when the when the competitive games come. Um, you know, but we we haven't really seen much improvement apart from that that you know half against Betis. Everything else has been pretty much right this season. Yeah. And and you, you so you said something quite interesting there um, about how Motherwell the players have bought into it and they understand what they're trying to do. Do you think our players just don't understand what's been asked of them? Is it you know? Bill Bill was always described as 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 the kind of brains behind Gerard. That was how he was. That, that, well, I'm not saying he didn't suggest that, but. But that's how he was portrayed, that he was the kind of brains, he was the guy that, that understood the tactics and understood um, that side of the game, where Gerard was, was the guy who had the, the, he had the aura, you know, he had the, the players respected him because of what he'd done on the pitch, um, and, and he had the passion. And, yeah. um, uh, you know, maybe you need that. You know, there's football players. Yeah, you know, they're not civil engineers. We're not, we're not asking them to, you know, to, to, to solve global warming. We just want them to go play football. You know, and, and and is he missing? Is he lacking in that? Is in the passion side of things? I mean, is it? Is um, he, can he bring that to the party? You 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 better insight than I have into this. I think I think I don't think it's a lack of passion. I mean, unless he physically walks onto that pitch and moves players instead of fucking standing still next to him, another defender, which is what they were doing for the majority of that first half today. You know, there was no movement in from there's from no, there's the no majority. Movement. From the majority of that team, now I can't for one bloody second believe that that's the way that they're being coached to play that game. That's a decision that the players are making, not to move into space or, or try and pull a defender away. You know, and and that 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 has been the problem that we've had in our play for a while. The lack of movement. The you know, I I believe that what what he wants is his players to be interchanging positions, moving about the place, pulling defenders away to try and then exploit the space. But we slow the ball down to a crawl. We take an extra touch of an, e- an extra pass when when you could just clearly ping it out wide first time and 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 use it in a lot a, a lot quicker fashion. To me, that's a player thing. I don't yeah. think you can blame the manager for that. You know, ultimately, it, we don't we don't get to hear what Bill's telling those players. But I certainly don't think that it's going to be let's slow that ball down to a crawl, let that other team get into position and just stand next to your defender when we're in the attacking the face. Yeah. You know, there's got to be more work done. Well, he's definitely not telling them that. <laughs> the point is, whatever it is he is telling them, they don't seem to be taking it on board. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, it was a moment in the game, I, I've been critical of this, there was a moment in the game when he was caught offside. And I actually felt sorry for him because Sifuentes, for, for reasons best known to Sifuentes, um, decided to hold the ball up when, when you know, this, it was you know the line was high. He just needed to just—it was actually quite a nice move. He just needed to make the pass, and he didn't. And then by the time he did make it, Sifuentes did make the pass. Then Dessels is about four or five yards offside, um, and, and it, it was kind of symptomatic of of the season. Um, like you say, this this lack of speed, this lack of—I I, I caught the start of the Arsenal Spurs game, and I accept. There are teams that are, you know, have had a quarter of a billion pounds spent on them, and, and yeah, you know, I'm not making a direct comparison. But when you see the speed at which both those teams played, and then watched Rangers against Motherwell, you know, it was like a different sport at times. 
Um, and, I, and again, it's, you, it's difficult to make that comparison. It's unfair to make that comparison. We're not comparing eggs with eggs. But this Rangers team is poorer than the Rangers team from a couple of seasons ago. And I don't just mean that the, the, the players or the results, but the style of football isn't as good. You know, we, our possession football is poorer. And, and I don't know. I, I'm just not sure if... if, if I, I bet I did wonder today whether, whether this was... Um, you know, he's going to keep these players on side because he doesn't have, you know, he can't drop Dessels because who's he going to put in his place? In his place? He's got to keep them on side. Now, you bet me did wonder whether whether this was a bit of a, sh- a, bit, of, a bit of a show um, today. I think you, know? you, you talk about comparing the Gerard era. You know, the one thing that we did well when when he was manager was we pressed teams. You know, and that was great on Thursday in the second half. We pressed Betis. We made them mistakes. We hunted in packs. That was everything that we were expecting to start against Motherwell today. You know, we expected them to pick off where they left off on Thursday night. And and it was just, it was like the Jekyll and Hyde, um, you know, team that turned up again. They, 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 there was no hunger or desire to get in the faces of Motherwell, you know, to to, to press them when, the, when, when they had the ball or at least press as a team. Again, it was disjointed. There was no intensity. When we got the ball, we were so fucking slow. Motherwell just dropped back into that five and and made it really difficult for us to for us to break them down. You know, at, at some point, the questions need to get asked as to what the hell is happening. It's not as if he can make changes galore to get new players in just now where we've got the injuries. But you know, something something has to change on that training ground to get it into these players' head that you know the skills, the the fancy footwork. But while it's great. It's the dirty stuff they've got to get better at. It's the chasing, the, the harassing. You know, they looked like a team in that second half on Thursday that were fighting for each other. Today was non-existent. Yeah. Chris, um, we're in action on Wednesday. It's a League Cup. It's a, you know, home tie. Pretty decent chance to get into the semis. Um, and ultimately, the Rangers are about winning trophies. And um, the League Cup's the first one we can win. So um, we've got Livingston at home. Livingston aren't in great form this season. There's all sorts of stuff going on in the boardroom. Um, uh, you know, Livingston are a, are a bit of a chaotic. They've had a bit of a chaotic history, Livingston, um, and uh, and that that seems to be something that is continuing. Um, you know, David Martindale's done an amazing job there, um, but this season it, it, it seems to have come a bit unstuck for them for a whole variety of reasons. Um, we beat them fairly fairly um, well um, not that long ago. Is this exactly the type of match we need? Just is this the could could if Bill had to pick his next match, is this the one he would have picked? Um don't know if he, if he would have hand picked it, uh, but it's certainly one it's certainly one that he has to win. Um I, I said on his videos and in, in a couple of pieces that I wrote after the after the old firm game, the Rangers had to be point perfect in the premiership going through going through this spell. Had to do well in Europe. And had to had to win the Betfred Cup or the FI Play Cup, sorry. Going into the next old firm game, all those things are non negotiable. And also this okay, transit us heading into next in, international break is the first section of that. Losing on Wednesday night is unthinkable for Michael Beale. If if you're being booed off and you're getting that reception after three wins in a week, uh, and as I said at the start of three wins, three clean sheets, including a European one against a side that are sixth, seventh best side in, in Spain. If that's still not good enough for people um, and still not convincing people that you're the right man for the job, losing to Livingston in the quarterfinals a couple of Ibrox is certainly 
is certainly not going to. So he really, really needs a win. I think after today, he needs a performance as well. It's not just a case of get one nil and say, well, we're in the next round and we're in the heart. That's that's not good. That's not good enough. And we're at a stage now. Results are obviously non-negotiable. Short performances. We need to see better from this from this Rangers side. Um, and as you mentioned, John Rangers is about winning silverware. If he doesn't win the Betfred, you can't have it. The Betfred Cup, the Viaplay Cup, sorry. If, if he doesn't win that competition this season, he's no longer Rangers manager. Um, now, how, how, how that situation has unfolded, Celtic being out, home time in the quarterfinals, you've got two games at Hamden against sides that you should beat nine times out of ten. He has to win that, has to win that competition. Um, I think the final is actually a couple of days after the final uh, Europa League game. Um, and he said himself last week he expects that to go down to the last like, match day five and match day six. So that, that's already going on Michael's timescales. Those couple of days in December are shaping up to be fairly pivotal. Um, but no, those those days only matter if the league form is maintained and improved on. Um, otherwise, he might, might not even get to those days depending on how the how the Premiership goes. So he's, at, he's in a run of fixers that he just has to win every single one of them. Um, and that's the position that Rangers have put themselves in. That's the corner that they've, they've painted themselves into at present. Yeah. We're nearly at the end. Let me just ask you then, um, you know, uh, with, with, with everything that's going on around the club just now, you know, I noticed both on Thursday night and again today, you know, Ibrox wasn't sold out. Um, and that's been unusual um, over the last few years. Um, the general atmosphere amongst the support. Do you think Beal can turn this around, Chris? Uh, or do you think we'll be looking for a new manager before the season is done? I think it's becoming very, very tricky for him. I mentioned post-match, he's, he's on this precipice now of people are just waiting for the next bad results. If he loses to Livingston, now the pressure on Beal and the pressure on the board to make a decision becomes huge even more so than it was after the after the Celtic game, is to drop points to Aberdeen and Celtic then extend the lead. It becomes huge as well. European aspect is slightly, slightly different because uh, there was a bit of breathing space there after the win over Betis, but even still, losing in Cyprus next week against a side that Rangers should be beating adds to that pressure as well. So he's in the really unenviable position of the next time he falters, the, the calls and the... Uh, criticism uh, is going to be it's going to weigh really really heavily on everyone at Ibrox if they can get through to the international break by winning every game and playing slightly better I think that buys them a bit of time that probably buys them until Christmas and I think we then see when it is um, but no I think he's 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 put himself in a really really difficult position I think he, he's as we mentioned his, his body language um, his post-match pressure I think he knows that himself. He looked scunnered, but not as scunnered as the Rangers support. Um, and that's that's the biggest thing he has to try and win over. And he has to win games. His team has to perform. He has to find a way of getting fans back on side. I think there'll be a section that have already written him off. There'll be a section that will give him a bit more time. There'll be a section in the middle who can be, who can be swayed. Even these three wins over last week, they won't have converted any of the middle ground into people believing in them. If anything, they'll have pushed them the other way just because of how bad it's, uh, how bad St Johnson was and how bad this afternoon was. So, um, no, I think he's he's facing an uphill task. So, politicians answered there from from Chris uh, Rob. What do you think? 
Last point to you, and the same point. Uh, there was a, a, there's a, there's still a live poll on, on the Jersnet forum, um, and, and asking that very question, you know, should, should Michael Beale be relieved of his duties? And it is literally 50-50 on the votes, literally 50-50. The supporters entirely, the Jersnet support anyway is entirely split. And I think that's fairly indicative of the support. What do you think? Do they even get to the end of the season? No, I'll give you a straight answer. No, I, I don't think you can. Um, I've not, I've not seen anything apart from that. Bet is half from a performance standpoint that that points to any great hope that he can turn it round. Now, I will caveat that whether we can, if we can get that run of games like Chris has said, but we get those performances and, and we see that more in the second half. I think that would be enough to win fans round, but. Given given the performance today and what we've seen, you know, we really had to come back from that international break with these players firing, and they haven't been doing it. You know, and ultimately, I think you you can see you can see sections of the support even after today. You know, you heard the booze, even though we won one nothing. Um, it's the third clean sheet in a row. You know, it's three wins in a week. Um, you know, God forbid he doesn't put a performance on against Livingston on Wednesday. Because I think I think it would be I think it would be a disaster uh, for him. You know, he needs to win that trophy if he's got any chance of staying. Um, but I, I genuinely now don't think that you will see the season out. Unfortunately. Yeah, I, I think if we I think if we if we go out on Wednesday, I think I think that that could be that. I think that could be um, that could be too much pressure. That said, you know, a couple of good results. Um, you know, a good result against Livingston, a good performance against Livingston, because I think that's what Chris said. And I think that's that's the key to this: is the performances haven't been good enough. I think we can live with with poor results, but there's no the performances have been so poor, um, and I think that's the challenge. So yeah, but a couple of good ones in the next two games, and who knows? Gentlemen, thanks very much for your time. Um, we're we're almost bang on the hour, so um, thank you for uh, your 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 time tonight. Um, just a couple of things to, to remind everybody about. Um, first of all, you know you can catch this podcast on a whole variety of platforms: Acast, iTunes, YouTube, Xbox, Stitcher, Spotify. Um, they're all there. You can even arrange for it to come onto your your phone itself using the um, the little app that comes with it. So um, hopefully you'll do that and you'll tune in again. Um, there is definitely going to be a podcast next Friday. Um, and I think Brian and David um, will be on that. Um, and uh, no doubt they'll tell you what's coming up at the weekend. Um, I think I would expect, I would hope that uh, Alex will have time to do pre and post match pods around the Levy Cup tie. Um, if you've, if you get a chance to listen to them, do that. They're, they're, um, they're always entertaining. He's always got some uh, interesting insights into the, uh, the game and, and um, he gives up a fair bit of time on that. So that's worth doing. Um, let me lastly thank, um, Rob Fawcett and, and Chris Jack, thanks for coming on tonight, guys. Thanks for giving up your your, your time on a Sunday night. Um, and I uh, hope you, you both enjoy work tomorrow, um, whilst half the half the cities lie in their beds. Um, and um, lastly, just thanks for listening. Um, thanks for coming along. Um, and I hope you'll tune in again. Good night. <laughs>